Today on Abounding Grace, the fragrance of sacrificial giving. This is amazing grace. God has a lot to say about giving in His Word, and that gives us a clue that it's important to Him. Since that is the case, it should be important to us as well. And today on Abounding Grace, we're going to hear of a dear lady that gave to the Lord something of great cost. It can serve to inspire us all to be sacrificial givers. God can use it and bless others in great ways. Here's Pastor Ed Taylor in John chapter 12. So here you're not going to see pledge drives. We're not going to come up to you and try to put some heavy burden on you. I mean, there are times when we share projects and things that the Lord's doing. You know, things open doors that he's laid before us. You know, the most recent one was the radio station and, and the, how huge and big that thing was. But man, the Lord made it work. He provided. He took care of it all. And now those of you that participated in that as a church... Those of you that participated in that, man, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, lives are being changed. And somehow that's going to benefit those that support that. Somehow the life of our church is energized by the steps of faith and the great sacrifice. Great sacrifice had to be take, take place to enter into that particular realm of ministry. Or I think of this building that didn't exist eight years ago. And, and all the steps and so many of the people that gave were part of our church that have moved on. They've gone to another church or they're in another state now. But there's fruit to their account of their sacrificial giving and getting things. I mean, to think that I, I give an offering to a ministry in Egypt and it keeps the lights on so believers can gather together underground and their kids can be raised in the Lord in the middle of opposition. I mean, doesn't that stir you? It just blows my mind that I get to be a part of that. And all the other things that we get to, I mean, it's... You see, giving is more than just, you know, making some decision. It's cooperating with the Lord. It's responding to his invitation and being prompted not by, you know, again, I, I want to be very clear that I do believe in giving to the church and I do believe on that, but this is deeper than that. This is so much more deeper than just giving to the church because, you know, part of the skepticism is, oh, man, maybe, uh, maybe the church is in trouble. And Ed came with a giving message so we'd get out of trouble. There's never been a time in 16 plus years that a bill has ever gone unpaid here, that a light has never been able to be turned on. One of the things I'm grateful for as a pastor is the faithful giving of this congregation. It's amazing. God has just continued. You, you know, one of the things you learn, we learn it as a church, and I'm sure you've learned it personally, you can't outgive God. There is a flowing of reciprocation in the Lord that I don't know how it works. I, I don't know. I don't think it's just dollar for dollar or anything. Like there's, a, there's just something that God does through, through a group of faithful men and women on the earth where he's going eyes to and fro looking for those that are loyal to him. Why? So he can show himself strong on their behalf. 
And so here, there's not going to be pledge drives. We're not going to have special tithing Sundays. We're not going to put a thermometer up here and say, come on, guys, I can't believe it. You're not, the thermometer is going down. It's not going up. And without you, what are we going to do? And we're not going to have some special day. Okay, everybody, it's a special day. It's a special day where we celebrate the tithe. So write your check, wave it in the air. Just wave it like you just don't care. And like, come on, man. Your giving's between you and the Lord. We're not going to compare and say, okay, everybody, if you give the most, we're going to put your picture up here and say, look at the giver. That was kind of weird because I pointed to me right now, but no, look at the giver. It's like, whoa. (laughs) We're not going to put your name up on the wall. We're not going to put your name on the back of the chair. Why? Because you gave unto the Lord. And let me just say this. If... If you have been ripped off before by a church or by a ministry, if you've given on TV to some plea or some begging or whatever it might be, and you kind of feel burned and you kind of feel upset, I understand that feeling. And I just want to publicly apologize for the body of Christ and that section for taking advantage of you. But understand this. You gave unto the Lord, and he'll sort it out. Don't lose a giving heart because along the way, people take advantage of you. It happens. It's too bad. I mean, it's ugly to be taken advantage of the world, in the world, but it's disgusting to be taken advantage of in the church. It's not his heart. But his heart is for faithful giving, sacrificially. Do you know the Bible has a lot to say about giving? The Bible has a lot to say. 16 of the 38 parables concern how to handle money and possessions. In all the, in the Gospels, an amazing one out of ten verses, about 288 in all, deal directly with the subject of money. The Bible offers 500 verses on prayer, less than 500 verses on faith, but more than 2,000 verses on money and possessions. It is an important topic. It touches every believer's life. And you combine, to, combine that with the, the manipulation, one of the other things that's just very disgusting in the church today is in the manipulation and the guilt that some people use, you might turn on, you know, again, so-called tr- Christian television and have somebody look you right in the camera and say, you've got to give. You've got to give because if you don't give, our ministry will disappear. It will go away. You will never see us on TV again. And they give the impression like God's broke you got to help God out a little bit. Come on, dig deep, because God is poor. First of all, God is not broke. God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He has everything at his disposal. God is not broke. And secondly, the next time you see somebody looking into the camera with fake tears, because you know they squirt their face and their fake tears, and they go, we just won't make it if you don't give, just say, see you later. Goodbye. Because one of the principles that we hold on to, you can jot it down. Turn over to Philippians chapter 4. Don't let anybody manipulate you like that. Don't let anyone prey on your, on your sincerity. Don't let anyone try to guilt you in, well, if you don't give, we'll disappear. Maybe the Lord wants them to disappear. Maybe, they, maybe the Lord is closing a door in their life. Maybe that person on TV doesn't have a real theology of what it means to receive from the Lord. Maybe that person doesn't understand. Maybe that person isn't even saved, number one. But it, maybe they don't understand the reality that sometimes God opens doors, sometimes God closes doors. And here's the principle. Jot it down. 
It was given to me by my pastor, Jeff Johnson. It was given to him by his pastor, Chuck Smith. And I believe it's firmly rooted in this verse, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Here's the principle. Where God guides, he's faithful to provide. And we believe that. Where God guides, he is faithful to provide. The verse, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. And my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What a wonderful lesson to learn as a church and individually. God's faithfulness. If God is in it, then he's going to be faithful to provide for it. If he's truly leading, then he'll provide not for our wants, not for our dreams, not for our desires, but for our what? Need. Need. What he determines a need. He'll provide every time. Which means the opposite is also true. That if God is not providing then perhaps he's not guiding you in that area. And we need to be willing to stop and wait for God's direction and God's provision. And that's how we operate here as a fellowship family. If God is in it, then he will provide all the means necessary to accomplish his will and his purpose on the earth in the local church. We aren't a denominational church. We don't belong to a denomination. We are an independent, autonomous church that is a part of a family of churches known as Calvary Chapel. But we get no outside support. We have nobody helping. Everything comes from the begin. Everything comes from this local body. You. Our faithful giving. My family. Your family. Your kiddos. And so if God is in it, he'll provide. And we've seen that over and over and over again. On some things, we've had to wait a long time. Other things, we've had to just let go. We just didn't feel like that was from the Lord. And one of the reasons why, he wasn't providing. And so I won't come up here to put pressure on you and somehow use the Bible to to do anything other than teach you the Word and let the Holy Spirit do the work in your life. I won't put some high-pressure sales trip on you. Uh, I I won't go, you know, and and there's a big move in the church today too where when there's big projects coming up, they they go and hire professional fundraising companies. And they bring the companies in, and man, those companies are very successful. They know how to raise millions of dollars. The only problem is, is they take a high percentage of your tithes and offerings to their company. And I just don't, I, I can't do that with a clean conscience. I think all the tithes and offerings should be retained. And, and if the Lord's not going to move you to give, why would I hire a professional to do it artificially? I trust the Lord. And so we won't bring in. We, we won't even do simple things like, you know, we're not going to go and, try and, and print all these envelopes for you. And we'll just give you a box of envelopes at the beginning of the year and say, okay, here's your giving for this. And this is what you committed. And make you sign a paper. Uh, man, I, that is not the kind of relationship that I believe God wants. And besides, can you imagine how much work that takes to print all these envelopes out and deliver them? And Hey, man, we could use all that money and go feed the homeless. And then you can just give. How's that? And make, if you like envelopes, if it works for you, do your own envelopes. I'm not opposed to envelopes. But listen, it is a hard issue. And we really believe that where God guides, he is faithful to provide. Always. Every time. Let me show you a couple things before we head out. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, would you please? 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Giving is an act of worship. It's an act of obedience in our lives. 
And it's an important one. It's not an option. Mary here is a beautiful picture of sacrificial giving. She's giving to the level where it costs her. And I believe that's a part of giving. That we can get so comfortable in our giving that it doesn't cost us anymore. You know, we were giving at one level and then the Lord blesses and we just stay there. And, and, and again, you might be using technology in our church and you just got an auto give. But don't let that take away your prayer life. Don't let that take away, God, what do you want me to do? Don't let that take away that heart for your neighbor. That you would have a heart for those that are hurting in your life. You know, that neighbor that's just gone through a job loss. Maybe you're that neighbor. And you just have a heart for them. And instead of telling them to call the church, that the church can help, the Holy Spirit's saying, you're the church, you help. And so then you go down to King Supers and you get a bag of groceries for yourself. And then you get a bag of groceries for your neighbor. And you quietly go over to your neighbor's, um, you know, you go put it on your name. You do a little ding-dong ditch and you hit the nung and you run away because you don't want anybody to know. And it's just given. And then your neighbors go, wow, it's just groceries showed up on my doorstep. And you go, man, let's praise the Lord for that. You don't need to take any credit for it. It's just the Lord doing it, blessing you. Because why? Your heart is open. He's taking away some of that skepticism, that hardness of being taken advantage of. And and this is, notice, uh, you know, sometimes we go, but I can't afford to give, Pastor. Listen, you can't afford not to give. Because I know there's some hurting families in our church. I know that. I know that some of you are out of work or you're underemployed and it's a rough time and you're barely able to make ends meet. One of the first things that I would look at is, are you a giver? Because if you don't give, you're never going to make ends meet. You go, Ed, well, I've got more money than I need. That doesn't mean you're making ends meet. Because a lack of a giving heart is a spiritual issue. It's a sign, a symptom. It's so easy to give. And I would say I found this to be generally true in ministry. As we're ministering to people... And there's just a huge crisis and a huge brokenness in their life. And one of the topics that comes up in in the time of sitting down with them biblically to disciple them is, how is your giving? Well, you know, Pastor Ed, we haven't really given in a long time. I I know, and it's reflected in other parts of your life. If you're tight-fisted with your money, you're probably tight-fisted with other things in your life. If you don't have a heart to see people in need, you probably don't have a heart to see your wife in need. If you are looking at it and go, this is all mine, you're probably acting that way with your friends. This is all mine. And, and I mean, you look at that little area of giving and why you don't give, I'm certain that that's reflective in other areas of your life relationally, including your relationship with the Lord. You can't afford not to give. Because notice the example that we have here in 2 Corinthians, in verse 8, we see that the church in Macedonia, verse 1, we, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty, they got three things going on. Affliction, poverty, and what? Joy. That's a fruit of the Spirit. I mean, they have nothing. One thing that's consistent in my the privilege I have to serve at all the missionaries and be in different places around the world, including our own community, is that giving is a universal, it's universal among believers in every economic strata. If you have much or you have little, giving should be a part of your life. There's no exemptions. You go, well, Ed, but I'm in deep poverty. But so were the Macedonians. They were both in deep poverty and affliction, and they were filled with joy. 
And notice the joy and deep poverty abounded, verse 2, in the riches of their liberality. Remember, Paul's taken up a collection, take back to Jerusalem. The churches in this area of Greece wanted to be a part of it. They wanted to give, and they did. For I bear witness, verse 3, according to their ability, yes, beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship and the ministering of the saints. How did they do that? How could they do that, both to their ability and beyond their ability? Verse 5. This they did, not as we had hoped, but first gave themselves to the Lord, then to us by the will of God. That's the order. This is a move of God upon your heart to give first to him, then to the work of the local church, then to the offerings, then to all the open doors that God would have for you. Sometimes giving must cost us something. I think of Abraham and Abraham in uh, Genesis chapter 12 when God had called him away from his land. What a beautiful example of giving himself to the Lord at much cost. Sure, he took his possessions and even some of his family said, but that's not the point. The point is, is that he left everything that he knew, all that he had established, and he went to move forward by faith in a place and a future that he knew no idea. He knew nothing of what was up ahead. And it came at great cost to him. It's a literal example of someone that left everything to obey God. I think of David, King David, by the way, who was looking for a piece of land to build an altar, a temple unto the Lord. And he had finally come across this place in the field of Aruna. The man's name is Aruna, the owner. And then their conversation, Aruna decides, you just take my land for free. I mean, I want my land to be used for the kingdom. And David said this, listen, 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 24. The king said to Aruna, no, I will surely buy it from you for a price, nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which costs me nothing. He wanted it to cost him something. He wanted it to have that meaning. He wanted to give in such a way. I think of in the early church, you know, Barnabas. Sometimes it's overlooked, but don't let, don't, it's overshadowed, I should say, by Ananias and Sapphira. Because you remember Ananias and Sapphira, right? They sold a piece of land. They were going to give it to the church. And they said they were giving the whole thing, but they lied and held back some for themselves, which they could have held back for themselves. It's no, nobody told them to give everything. I believe the Holy Spirit prompted them to do that. But they could have held back. Uh, they could have held back on their own. But what happened? They, they wanted to appear as a giver and they lied. And God dealt with that right away. He'll have none of that. And they lost their lives. Really typifying what Jesus said. If you seek to save your life, you'll what? Lose it. But if you seek to lose your life, you'll gain it. Because their giving was inspired by Barnabas. Because Barnabas sold a piece of land too and gave it all to the Lord. And we see the fruit of Barnabas' life throughout the book of Acts up until he separated from Paul. Giving is very, very important. Freely, willing. We've developed this in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 in other Bible studies. So if you want to go deeper with this, just go on our website at calvaryaurora.org and all those studies are up there. And we developed a sound theology on giving from God's word. But notice the Macedonians, Abraham, David, 
Barnabas give that picture of giving to cost, at a great cost, like Mary. Mary gave it a great cost, and everyone was blessed by it. How is she remembered? As a worshiper of God and a giver. That's how she's remembered. It's beautiful what God wants to do through our giving. What a great thing to be remembered for. We could ask at this point, how will we be remembered? Pastor Ed Taylor will be back with more. This is Abounding Grace, and we're in the middle of a study in John's Gospel. You'll find us on the web at AboundingGraceRadio.com. It's there you can replay any program you enjoy. We've also made it super easy to donate to the ministry through our website and contact us, too. Speaking of which, we'd sure like to hear from you. Let us know what you think of our current study and if you're finding these daily studies helpful to your walk. We'd also very much appreciate your support as we present Abounding Grace here over the radio and Internet. Again, go to AboundingGraceRadio.com. Today, we want to suggest a book that can help take your prayer life up to the next level. It's E.M. Bounds on Prayer. These reflections on prayer have been treasured for well over a hundred years. When you read about the powerful ways God works through prayer, you'll understand why this book has been so well-received. We'll send you a copy of E.M. Bounds on Prayer as our thank you for your donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. Just call us at 877-30-GRACE. That's toll-free, 877-30-GRACE. You can also order it through our e-store at calvaryco.store. Now let's return to our message on the fragrance of sacrificial giving. Let me show you one more thing. Go over to Exodus chapter 35. This is a universal truth, not just something for us as new covenant believers. In Exodus chapter 35, it has been God's heart for, uh, for believers and followers of him to give throughout all ages. And here's a beautiful, beautiful example of giving and giving abundantly to the work of the ministry. Notice Exodus chapter 35 Verse 1, they're about ready to build the temple, and it says, Moses gathered all the congregation of the children of Israel together and said to them, These are the words which the Lord has commanded you to do. Work shall be done on six days, and the seventh day will be a holy day to you, a Sabbath rest to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. You shall kindle no fire throughout your habitation on the Sabbath day. Verse 4, and Moses spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, take from among you an offering to the Lord. Whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it as an offering to the Lord, gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, and on and on the list goes. So a call went out to the congregation to give. It was a command of the Lord delivered by Moses. By the time we come to chapter 36, notice it says, well, let's pick up in verse 2. Moses called Bezaliel and Aholiab, and every gifted artisan in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom, everyone whose heart was stirred to come and do the work. And they received from Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of making the sanctuary. So they continued bringing him free will offerings every morning. Then all the craftsmen who were doing all the work of the sanctuary came, each from the work he was doing, and they spoke to Moses, saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work of the Lord commanded us to do. So Moses gave a commandment, 
And they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman do any work of the offering of the sanctuary. And the people were restrained from bringing, for the material they had was sufficient for the work to be done. Indeed, it was too much. That's what it looks like. That's what inspired giving of the Lord looks like. It's too much. It's too much. Stop. So what happens? What do we learn there? Well, first of all, number one, God commands us to give. And number two, God will tell us how, when, and even when to stop giving. He's the one that leads us. And what a glorious time in the life of Moses to know that they had so much. It is a beautiful thing to be used of the Lord. There's no pressure. There's no bargaining. No begging. No false thousandfold promises. Just give, the Bible says. Freely, hilariously, generously, and even at times sacrificially. That you might enter into what God is doing. That you would train your kids up in the way of how to handle their money. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. We'll see you next time. And may God richly bless you with His abounding grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.